Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we wrap up our series as we have been walking through the Bible, looking at that story of salvation on Jesus, the tree of life. It began with that tree of life in the Old Testament as we talked about creation, then Adam and Moses and the Passover, David and Goliath, Daniel and the lion's den. We then turn to the New Testament Talking about Jesus, his birth, his life, his suffering, his death. Last week, speaking of his resurrection. But there's so much more to the New Testament after that. After Jesus rose again 40 days later, he ascended into heaven. After giving his disciples that great commission, go, make disciples of all nations. Wait, wait for power from on high. They did wait, and later they received that gift of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, an Old Testament festival from Leviticus where God sent that Holy Spirit to those who were gathered for that festival. They were blessed to speak about Jesus in many languages. Having been given that gift of the Holy Spirit, the 12 apostles then went out fulfilling that great commission to go and make disciples. They taught, they went on mission trips, they oversaw others as the church grew, they wrote to those various churches. Paul becomes an important part of that work. He was given a vision of Jesus to spread the good news. He becomes one of those sent ones. And so he travels extensively. He starts churches. He writes back to those churches words of instruction about Christian living, words to strengthen them and encourage them because it was also very hard for Christians in those days. They were persecuted. Many suffered for their faith. In fact, all of Jesus' disciples are martyred except for John. Which brings us to John this morning, who lives to a much older age. And yet as he experienced those challenges, what kept him going? What keeps you going? What what keeps you going even when things get tough? Maybe it's the support of family or friends. Maybe it's prayer or reading your Bible. Well, John was given a, a much more special, miraculous, you could say, gift. He's given a glimpse of heaven. It's God really saying to him in so many ways, this is how it turns out. This is the end of the story. This is what awaits you. And it's such a marvelous vision that it strengthens him to get through the challenges of life. Well, what's so marvelous about that vision? But what does he see? Well, we read the ending of it this morning. It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, 
yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. He sees a tree. This, in so many ways, recalls where everything began. Remember our our first sermon about Adam and Eve in the garden. They were in the garden, and we, we read, And out of the ground the Lord God made up to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There they were in the garden. They could eat all of the plants and the trees except the tree of the knowledge, uh, including the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, even the tree of life. They just couldn't eat that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They could eat the tree of life. Well, they ate. They ate of that tree of knowledge of good and evil. And they were cast out of the garden. Why? Well, God said in Genesis 3, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. You see, they were no longer perfect. They were broken. They couldn't be in God's presence, eating of the tree of life and living forever. They could no longer stand in that perfect, holy presence of God. So God had to cast them out. But from the very beginning, from that very moment, he began working out that plan of salvation culminating when Jesus died on the cross. As he paid that price for the sin of Adam and Eve and all the sin thereafter, the price was paid in full. The curse of sin is removed. God has fixed his creation. And God does that same for us. He forgives our sins. We are made perfect by that same death and resurrection of Jesus. Our sin has been taken away. And as we see in in Scripture, as we read about in Paul what that means, that now we are saved, as we come to that last book of the Bible, Revelation by John, there's this beautiful wholeness, completeness to me of Scripture. So we get to the last book, the last chapters, and what does John see when he's given that glimpse of heaven? He sees it ends where we began. We are where God intended and made us to be, dwelling with him in his presence. John writes, No longer will there be anything accursed, But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever 
and ever. That's what Eden was, perfectly living in God's presence. Have you ever thought of just how amazing that's going to be? How amazing, how cool is heaven going to be? We will see God. We will see all those that have gone before us who have loved the Lord. We'll never be hot or cold. We will never hunger or thirst. We will never be in pain. That's what keeps us going when things get tough. Jesus gives John and the persecuted church that strength to endure, knowing what lies ahead. He gives that to us. When we're suffering and hurting, when we're questioning or doubting, he is victorious. God wins. That's a perfect life that awaits you and me. What joy. What victory. The new creation that will surround us will be a complete delight. Think of your favorite place in the world that you love to be. Is it an ocean? Are you a forest or a mountaintop kind of person? Are you a desert person or a lake or a prairie? Think of that perfect place. But know now that even as you experience it, it it still may be a little windy that day or a little cool or a little damp. But in heaven, you will feel that delight and enjoy that perfect beauty of God's perfect creation throughout that incomplete experience. You will interact with angels seeing them, enjoying their presence, admiring their unceasing loyalty to God and their faithful service to the faithless, difficult people like us through their lifetime. But greatest of all, we will bask in the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who shines upon us from his royal throne, standing alongside us. He walks and talks with us as he walked and talked with his disciples on the road to Emmaus. That's truly the greatest part of eternity, to be in the presence of our creator. That is our future. That is your future through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Seeing that, and knowing that and being filled with that, Revelation then continues in chapter 22 where John's visit ends and all of the, the Bible ends. What does he read and say? Behold, he hears, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay everyone for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. The Spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. 
Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. That is God's invitation to the world. It's your invitation. Come. We are invited to come to the Lord because he is coming again to bring us to himself. And so scripture ends, and I love how it ends. It's a promise of faith. It's a promise then wrapped around our faith response. It says, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Our response? What are the last words of the Bible? The last word? Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with all. Amen.